0: If you invoke as Father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile, you know that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised you from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, of perishable but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word, word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and its glory like the flower, of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls but the word of the Lord endures forever. That word is good news that was announced to you.
1: We continue with our journey in the epistle of Peter, the general epistle of Peter to a group of Christians, Christians who were scattered in about five provinces, Christians who were suffering because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Many weeks ago, when I was preparing this meditation, I didn't know how it would minister to us as a congregation, to me as a pastor, and as a person. Because since the, the 5th of July, All I have dwelled in is death and death and death. Since I received the call that my brother died in Freetown. And then you have the shootings around our nation. And then last Sunday you woke up with that that happened in Dayton. Only to informed about the death of Kathy's father and then the death of the name just escaped me now <laughs> oh. yes yes Pam and Howard's son from suicide and uh, to wake up this morning with a call about the death of someone I call my mother. And um, a year ago, around this time, she and her husband worshiped with us because I just came to this congregation. And they came from Newark, Ohio and worshiped with us. And uh, on Friday after I left the funeral room for Kathy's dad, I got a call that she's on the hospice and they gave her 48 hours so i drove straight to to the hospital in in Newark and visited with her she was able to recognize me and we talked a little and came home early saturday morning after midnight and only to be woken up this morning that she's gone. But when I was preparing this message, I didn't know what the Holy Spirit had in mind. Because growing up in Freetown, I listened to, to the national radio and they play good music. And one of the artists I really enjoyed was the late Jim Reeves. And among his many songs was this titled, This World Is Not My Home. I don't know how many of us know that song, This World Is Not My Home. I'll just read the first, the first verse of the song, because it speaks to me and the passage of scripture in front of us. It says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. And then the chorus says, "Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. "'If heaven is not my home, then Lord, what will I do? "'The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, "'and I can't feel at home In this world anymore. Who would have thought that many weeks ago when I was preparing this message, it would be an appropriate message for us today? And listen, you may not even like it, but I go by the Holy Spirit. Because weeks ago, not knowing what would happen on this Sunday, the Holy Spirit directed me with this message, this passage, these words. And let me tell you, it may not minister to you, but it's going to minister to somebody. Because it's all about life. It's all about the personal you. And it's all about our earthly journey. And we all go through it from the day we were conceived to the day we go back to the Creator. We go through it. It's all about our personal journey. Because life is indeed a journey. A journey filled with lessons. Lessons like hardships, headache and heartache, Lessons like joy and celebrations and special moments that will ultimately help you understand your purpose in life and lead you to your final destination. Life is a journey. The road of life will not always be smooth. And many of us in this building this morning know that. The road of life will not always be smooth. In fact, throughout our travels, we will encounter many, many, many challenges. Some of these challenges will test your courage. And there is no doubt we know that. Some of the challenges we meet Our faith in life will test our courage, will test your strength, will test your weaknesses, and will test even your faith. I mean, we wake up every morning. The challenges are there. Along the way, you may stumble upon obstacles, obstacles that will come between the path that you are and the destination you are taking. I mean, just just imagine life without any problem. Could you imagine that? Life without any problem. But we know, we know that is not the way life is meant to be life has so many ups and downs so many obstacles so many joys so many celebration life is just life and jim reeve says to you and to me this world indeed is not our home we are just a passing by and with this in mind let us see what peter is saying in our passage of scripture from 1 Peter, chapter 1, 17 through 25. As I read the passage, the first thing I see is a pilgrim's journey. Because we are all pilgrims. We are all visitors, strangers. We are all visiting Mother Earth. So I see a pilgrim's journey. Peter says, since you are since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. The song by Jim Reeves expresses. Clearly the idea that Peter introduces in our passage. Christians are on a journey. Sojourners in this world. Our true citizenship is elsewhere. Our true citizenship is in the commonwealth of God. You can call it the kingdom of God or you can call it heaven. It is the domain of God, where God is reigning. That's where our citizenship is. Because as Christians, we know that when somebody dies, one of the first things we say is that person is in a better place. Because that person has returned to God. That person has returned to the Creator. And so indeed, this world is not our home. So Peter says, let us live out our life, our time on earth, as strangers, as foreigners, in reverent fear. And what does does that mean, reverent? It means to be respectful. It means to be loving, admiring. It means to be devoted. Peter says, All these problems in the world, they don't need to happen. If you live your life in reverent fear, you worship the God who created you, you respect the people who are near you, you love the people that you know. Peter says, That's our charge, that's our challenge. We don't need to make enemies, in other words. We need to be friends. Let the church say amen. <laughs> we really need to be friends. We we don't need enemies, in other words, when you're dealing with, with Peter, when you're dealing with God. Live out your time as foreigners, strangers, pilgrims here in reverent fear. With that, we worship our God, the Creator. And if you're able to worship God, you're able to adore God, you're able to be devoted to God and God's mission on earth for you, Peter says just respect the people around you. Love them. Care for them. Embrace them. They are not going to live up to your expectation all the time. And parents know that because us kids don't live up to your expectations all the time. But guess what? You still love us. Amen? You still love us. And that's what Peter is saying. Because we are on a pilgrim's journey. But secondly, Peter says in this passage, he talks about his precious blood. There is something that happened for me and you, between me and you, by somebody. So Peter says in verses 18 and 19, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. My friends, the New Testament uses two related words, redeemed and ransomed to describe the process by which God has brought us from the realm of darkness to the realm of light. When describing the process of setting a person free, it uses the word redeem. Because it was by his redemption that we were set free from the penalty and the power of sin. And when describing the price paid to effect the redemption, it uses the word ransom. Yes, my friends. In other words, a ransom was the price paid to redeem you and the billions around the world. And who paid that? His name is Jesus. He paid that ransom, my friends. And Jesus said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. It was not accidental. Because if Jesus himself can say those words in the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter, verse 45. This is why the Son of Man came. Not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And you, my friends, are part of that many. And the Gospel of John depicts Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We are redeemed by his blood. We are ransomed because he paid the price. And therefore, my friends, Peter challenges each one of us to love one another, to serve God, to be respectful of the people around us. You know why? Because this world is not our home. And thirdly, in the passage, Peter says it was all predetermined. Again, Nothing about God is accidental. It was all predetermined. This morning, in our worship, we heard four songs already from the praise team. None of them this morning were accidentally sung. Predetermined when they had their rehearsal. And it all connects, it all connects, my friends, to the fact that we assemble to worship God, to give him praise and to give him glory. And so Peter says to all those Christians who were struggling because of their faith look, it was all predetermined. He says in verses 20 and 21 He was chosen. Before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Do we understand what Peter is saying? That Jesus who died on the cross for me and for you, the Jesus who redeemed us, who ransomed us. Peter says it was not accidental. Jesus did not wake up one morning and say, I love these people on earth. I'm going to die for them. No. Peter says, He was chosen before the creation of the world. Friends, it was Jesus Christ who was known in advance. And known by whom? Known by God the Father. Known by the one who had a plan from the beginning. God know The plan for our redemption, even before we were created. The plan was to send Jesus into the world so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I am in God's plan. Amen? You are in God's plan. Let the church say amen. Oh, my friends. What a privilege. What a moment of celebration. In spite of all the obstacles that we face, my friends, we have moments to celebrate, to celebrate God and to celebrate our redemption and to celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ. It was predetermined before the creation of the world that Jesus is going to look at me a sinner, and say, Gus, I know all the bad things, but I'm going to die for you. Because in Romans, this is what Paul says, it was while we were yet sinners that Christ died for us. Amen? Amen. Then Peter gives us practical issues. Because fourthly now he says, it's practical. It's practical in verse 22. He says, now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. Oh, this Peter boy, that guy who denied Christ, who was afraid of the Jews, who preached the first Christian sermon, And at the end of that sermon, 3,000 people came to the Lord Jesus Christ and the community we know today as as the church started. Peter says, now that you have purified yourself by obeying the, the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. My friends, Peter's call that these Christians should love one another mirrors Jesus' Christ. Jesus says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. Agape love provides us with our most powerful tool for witnessing for Jesus Christ. Jesus said, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. that is so practical you meet somebody you love them doesn't cost you anything now some people may give you reasons not to love them any longer but when you meet them you just love them because you know for a christian <laughs> love is a command do you know that love is a command we ought to love one another we ought to love one another A second-century Roman civic leader noted, he says, they, the Christians, know one another by secret marks and signs, and they love one another almost before they know one another. Are you getting it? In a time when they were crucifying Christians. This civic leader in Rome says, these Christians, they know one another by signs and and by marks. They even love one another even before they met one another. Will somebody say that of the church today? That we love one another even before we meet the person. And William Barclay, one of Christianity's great commentators, he says, more people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world, and more people have been driven from the church by the hardness and ugliness of so-called Christianity than by all the doubts in the world. You think people are going to come to your church if they don't see love? Forget it. So you better stop loving. Amen? Better stop loving, my friends. I'm not, you may not eat the correct food. You may not dress well. You may not do this. Who cares? I don't. Because God doesn't. God looks at the heart. And God says, come, come, come don't want you to be missed, go and love. Love one another. It's very practical. You start by loving your spouse, by loving your family members, by loving your kids. You know, they have a lot of baggages, but forget about it sometimes. You know why? Because Christ forgot all about our baggages. And they accept us just as we are. And finally, in this passage, Peter talks about our preaching. Because in verses 23 to 25, this is what he says, For you have been born ag- again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory It's like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that we preach to you. Is it not correct that so much in life Is perishable. Is it not correct that so much in life is perishable? I often make the mistake of buying good quantity of items, you know, for the house. And then I'm sorry that I'm throwing them away because they perish after you've not used them for a long period of time. My friends, is it not correct that so much in life is perishable? When we build buildings, we would like to imagine that they are build, building for the ages. However, I have lived long enough to have, been, to have seen great building projects built during my lifetime, destroyed during my lifetime. We've seen it. Wonderful stadiums with 70,000 people for 15-20 years taken down. We've seen big theaters taken down. But the Apostle Peter wants us to know that the work we do in God's service will continue to live through many generations, many generations. When a witness brings someone to Christ, that person's life will affect everyone whom he or she knows. Remember that. When you bring somebody to Jesus Christ, you touch and transform that individual. And that changed life will affect many people that that person meets along life's journey. When our witness brings someone to Christ, my friends, don't forget you are planting a seed, a seed that will germinate and grow, become flowers with fragrance, aromatic fragrance, that others would smell and know that this person is different. This person is a Christian. This person has love and love from the heart. The ripple effects are immeasurable. God knows the full effect of your Christian witness and shall one day say to you, let me show you all the good things that resulted from your life on earth. My friends, I pray that one day God will say that to each of us. Let me show you all the good things that came out of your witness when you were on earth. Let me show you how many people you smiled to. Let me show you how many people you frowned upon. Let me show you how many people you love or people you hate. Let me show you that you've been a faithful servant. This morning, my friends, let us go with the, with, the, with the note that, again, 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 Peter says to you, Jim Reeve says to me, this world is not our home. Live your life with reverent fear. Worship God. Love the people around you. Let life go on. And let you, 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 let you be the witness for the man who died and redeemed your life and for the man who came to rise we go to our various homes and we go meet family and friends. And all I want for us to do this morning and throughout the day and throughout the week is to love one another. And if you're going out to love one another, shout amen. amen. Oh my gosh, that's too low. Did you, I didn't say, say amen. For one time I say, shout amen. Very soon, very soon, those of us who like Football, will be shouting at football stadiums. So let us just shout in the name of God the amen this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.